Heavenly Father, as hard as this is for me, I'm asking you to search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. God, test my motives. Reveal to me my anxious thoughts. Show me anything in me that offends you. I want to see, I want to see me the way that you see me. So I can become more like Jesus. God, I ask you to search me. So we are continuing our series called Dangerous Prayers. And the focus of this first series has been on our hearts. And I told you at the very beginning how it kind of parallels my experience with getting my physical heart checked out. Before I went to the cardiologist for the first time, and this was several years ago now, I was experiencing some weird symptoms. Whenever I would exert myself, I would have this uncomfortable tightness in my throat. And at first, the first time it happened, I was out running with my sons. And it was a fall day, and I thought the cold air was bothering me. It's like, we are running, and this cold air is really bothering me. But then I noticed that it wasn't that cold, and then it started happening not just when it was cold, but when it was warm, and I realized that something was not right. And eventually found out that there were blockages in my heart vessels that needed to be taken care of. Now today, as we continue this series talking about these dangerous prayers, we are going to talk about getting rid of a blockage. And in fact, the prayer that started out with search me and search my heart is now to the point where we are praying, uncover my sins. Now, before you switch over and just keep browsing memes in Facebook or something like that, you want to keep here and stay through this. It seems crazy. Uncover my sins, that seems like the least fun prayer I could possibly pray. But what we're actually talking about today is freedom. Freedom. Because if you pray this prayer and the Lord does his work of uncovering and showing you those sins that you need to deal with, it is going to result in much greater freedom. Because you might be wondering, why is it that my prayers don't seem to get answered? Why is it that the Lord isn't using me? Why don't I hear my voice, hear his voice like I want to or am used to? Why can't I step out into ministry and be effective? There are all kinds of things that you might be wondering about when it comes to your spiritual life. Now, it's not always because there is some sin that needs to be dealt with, but it's possible that maybe there is some kind of blockage in your heart that needs to be dealt with. And by praying this prayer, you are going to uncover it and then experience the freedom that comes from a clear conscience before God. And that's what I want for me and that's what I want for you as well, that there won't be any blockages in your heart. You see, when, we, uh, when I was experiencing all of the result of those blockages, then that was impacting what I could do, and it was limiting. And in the same way, a spiritual blockage will impact your life 
and will keep you from experiencing the fullness of life that I believe that the Lord wants for me and that he wants for you. But this isn't a new thing. This is something that uh, the psalmist talked about thousands of years ago. This is Psalm 32, and it says, Before I confessed my sins, I kept it all inside. We're going to, we're, we don't want it to come out. We want it to be hidden. We don't want anybody else to know about it. We don't even want to be honest with ourselves sometimes. My dishonesty, that's what it is. It's my dishonesty devastated my inner life. This is a person talking about what it's like when you have unconfessed sin, when you have blockages in your heart that keep you from going forward. Causing my life to be filled with, what do you want your life to be filled with? Frustration, irrepressible anguish, and misery. That's not what we want, but that is the result of a heart blockage. The pain never let up, for your hand of conviction was heavy on my heart. If you've ever had that heavy conviction from the Lord, you know that it is just really weighty. And it says that my strength was sapped, my inner life dried up like a spiritual drought within my soul. And maybe some of you have been feeling something like this a spiritual drought. You feel like your spiritual life has just kind of dried up. The prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. When you read God's word, it's not speaking to you. Maybe, just maybe, there's a blockage that you need to deal with. And so today we're going to talk about how to experience the kind of freedom that the Lord wants for you. And we're going to say that confession is that path. Confession leads to forgiveness and healing, and we're going to challenge you to pray this prayer, uncover my sins. So we've been using as the basis for this series, this two-verse prayer in Psalm 139. It's Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, and it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. We need to have our hearts searched. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. This was week one. This was week two last week. We wanted to reveal our fears because that shows us where we trust God the least. And now we come to the third part, which is the first half of verse 24. See if there is any offensive way in me. And then next week we'll talk about and lead me in the way everlasting. So let's focus in on this idea. See if there is any offensive way in me. What the psalmist is doing is he is praying a prayer, asking the Lord to search him, to reveal those things in his heart. Not to God, because God already knows, but he wants to see himself, the true nature of his heart and soul. And so part of that is to ask the Lord, Lord, is there any way, anything that I'm doing that is offensive to you? Now, why do we need to do that? We talked about this in the first week, Jeremiah 17, 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. You see, we can deceive ourselves so easily. We are easy, it's easy to find the things that another person is doing wrong, but sometimes we really need some help to see where we are going off track. 
it's easy to accuse others and it's easy to excuse ourselves. So we need that searchlight and that's what the psalmist is asking and saying, test me and kind of just show me, see if there's any offensive way in me, point it out to me so that I can deal with it. And how do we deal with it? Again, we've looked at this verse many times. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What is confession? Again, agreeing with God. It's acknowledging when God says something is wrong, when He puts a conviction on us, to acknowledge, yes, I receive that. I accept that. I am in error. He, God, is faithful and just. What will he do if we confess, if we come clean, if we're honest? He will forgive us and purify us, forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Part of what the psalmist in in Psalm 32 was talking about was the pain and anguish and the way it just eats at your bones when you have a guilt that you have not dealt with, when you have sin that you have not confessed. It's just heavy and it's life sapping. And so we're going to be forgiven of that. We can go forward with a clean conscience and knowing that we are forgiven. And then God is going to do that work in our heart to cleanse us, to purify us. Uh, And that second half, there's the forgiveness, but there's also the freedom in the future is also talked about in James 5.16. A lot of times we get the confession to God down. We are are happy to acknowledge before God, oh yeah, I did this, oh yeah, I did this, please forgive me, please help me, I did it again, please help me, please forgive me, I did it again and again and again, please forgive me, please help me, and sometimes for whatever reason it doesn't get to the healing, to the cleansing part of it. We keep dealing with the same issue over and over again. Why is that? Well, perhaps it's because we're not really confessing fully. Sometimes we need to come clean with another trusted person. We need some to let somebody else in. Now, we're not talking about going and sitting in a room and telling it to a, a, a priest or a pastor. That may be a part of your past tradition, and, but this is something else. In James 5.16, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confess, he will forgive, he will cleanse. But here it's saying, sometimes we need to just have that conversation with somebody else. Two interesting things about the context for this verse. Number one, he's talking about Uh, originally, in the original context, is talking about physical healing. Sometimes you can become physically sick because of unconfessed sins. Not, not, Not necessarily because of punishment, but just because the way it eats at you. It can really just kind of eat at you and impact you physically. And then the other part that the context for this is in the context of relationships. It's wonderful to confess to God, oh, I shouldn't have said that to that person. I shouldn't have let my anger be in control. I shouldn't have, but there's an injured party that needs to be dealt with as well. Somebody else who perhaps need to hear that confession, 
who, who, somebody else who needs to be asked if they will forgive you because they are the injured party. Sometimes that confession needs to be made to the person whom you have hurt in order that there will be cleansing and healing in that relationship and so that you can go forward as well. We confess our sins to each other so that we may be healed. And part of this might be that there are three times, one in the chapter right before this, in the scriptures, where you see something like this. James 4, 6 says, as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Sometimes the reason that we don't want to confess to someone else is because it requires us to humble ourselves, to admit that we were wrong. Even if they did something wrong as well, we got to own our piece of the pie. We need to own it. And sometimes that's humbling. Sometimes it's humiliating. Even if you're talking to someone who is a trusted friend, somebody who's going to keep, con keep confidence, and that's the kind of person that you need as your confessor in your spiritual life, is somebody who is mature, who is uh, able to keep confidences, and is not going to shame you, but encourage you and pray for you. But even in that kind of relationship, sometimes it's just humiliating. It's very humbling to admit some of the things that we have done to come clean, to get those blockages taken care of. But look at what this verse says. Perhaps part of the reason you're not making spiritual progress is because you've been unwilling to humble yourself. And here it says, God opposes the proud. I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on the opposite side of God. I don't want to be in opposition to him. I want him on my side. I want to be on his team. God opposes the proud, but gives. He gives grace to the humble. So every time you humble yourself, he's going to provide grace. Every time you hold back out of pride and arrogance, you're going to find yourself in opposition to God. So, but when you embrace humiliation, humbling yourself, then he comes in and he strengthens and he fills with grace because confession, owning up to it, acknowledging your guilt, acknowledging when you went in the wrong, acknowledging when you have gone off the path leads to forgiveness, things are made right with your heavenly father and healing, things are made right in you. So because our hearts are deceitful, because sometimes we can't see very well the things that we need to see in the mirror, I'm going to give you three diagnostic questions. And these are actually from the book, Dangerous Prayers. I've mentioned before that this was the, the uh, uh, starting point, the catalyst for this message, book by Craig Rochelle. Again, I will encourage you to pick it up wherever you get your books, uh, again, it's, uh, all the profits are going to go towards Bible translation, so you can feel good about that. But in the chapter on Uncover My Sins, he suggests these three diagnostic questions, and I'll read his introduction to it. He says, first, consider what others have told you 
about you. So ask yourself, what have others told me about me? Is there an area of your life, your habits, your relationships, or your actions that others have suggested needs to change? Is there some area of your life that is challenged by others? Have loved ones expressed concern for you or asked you to consider getting help? When I was in seminary, Craig writes, and took a counseling class, my professor taught us a principle I'll never forget. She suggested that if more than two people that you love and trust suggest you have a problem, you should recognize that you have a problem and deal with it immediately. If more than two people that you love and trust suggest you have a problem, you should recognize that you have a problem and deal with it immediately. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do sometime over the course of this week. There'll be things that come to mind as we're talking about it right now. But if you really want to uh, allow the Lord to search your heart, and to, you'll, you'll need to reflect on this. But sit down sometime during the week with a blank sheet of paper and ask yourself these, these questions. What have others told me about me? Now, here's what you'll need to do. Don't only write the things that you agree with or that you've acknowledged. Maybe this person is totally off track, but if you've heard two or more people say this to you or about you, at least write it down. You're not, you're not agreeing with it. You're not saying, I need to change this, but let's just be honest. If others have told me something about me, then we're going to put it on the list. And seriously consider it, especially if you find that more than one person, two people, three people, multiple people are telling you the same thing about you, that might be an insight. These are diagnostic questions. These are going to help you to uncover what's going on in your heart. The second question is, what am I rationalizing or excusing? What am I rationalizing or excusing? There's probably something in your life that you started out and maybe you felt a little tension about, maybe you weren't quite sure, maybe you felt guilty about. But over time, you have found a way to justify it, to rationalize it, to excuse it. Now you have very good reasons why you are able and should and, and need to continue down this path because we're rationalizing it or excusing it. Again, I'm not asking you to say that that thing is wrong, but at least let's be honest with ourselves that I'm doing this and every time I do this, I have to come up with something to tell myself to avoid that feeling of guilt. I have to come up with some justification to explain why it's okay for me to do this when maybe it wouldn't be okay for you to do this. What am I rationalizing or excusing? Third question is this, where do I get defensive? Where do I get defensive? If somebody brings this up, I can feel my blood pressure kind of rising. When somebody even just kind of skirts around and touches on this issue, then I immediately feel the need to defend myself and to explain myself. Now, maybe nothing is coming to mind and maybe you're not sure where I get defensive. Then here's what I would suggest. Ask somebody 
that knows you. You might not have a clue, but they do. They can tell you, and you just ask them, where do I get defensive? Where, when, 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 when this comes up, where do I get defensive? And your spouse, your coworkers, your friends, your parents, your kids, they know, and they will be able to tell you. So ask yourself, where do I get defensive? Again, write it down. You're not necessarily agreeing with it. You're not saying, I need to change this, but at, le at least let's be honest and say, yep, when this topic comes up, I do get defensive. These are diagnostic questions. Take the time to sit down, ask some people, think through it, see what comes to mind, and just without passing judgment on yourself or on the veracity of what you're putting down, answer these questions and that will help you to discover maybe places that you need to agree with God about something, confess it, because that leads to forgiveness and healing. When I finally did go to the cardiologist and they did diagnostics on my heart. I failed the stress test. I went in for the cardiac catheterization. What they did was they injected a dye that would show the condition of the blood vessels around my heart and it uncovered the blockages. That's what, we're, that's what we've been talking about. That's what these diagnostic questions, this is what praying this prayer honestly before the Lord does, is it's a diagnostic. It's gonna show you where those blockages are so that they can be dealt with. I told you that at the beginning, when I started having them, these symptoms, I recognized that whenever I exerted myself, I was going to have that tightness. Whenever I exerted myself, I was going to have to slow down, pull back, and rest until it passed. And it begins to impact your life and the things that you can do. And in the same way, if we have blockages in our spiritual life, it's probably going to cause symptoms it's probably going to hold you back. It's probably going to keep you from going forward and being able to, with surrender, with freedom, with wholehearted devotion, follow in the path that the Lord has for you. And we want you to be able, I want you to be able, I want myself to be able to just experience that freedom that comes from having a clear conscience and an unblocked heart. I love the conclusion of the Apostle Peter's uh, sermon and prayer. This is found in Acts chapter 3. It's right after Pentecost. There was that day where Peter preached and 3,000 people became a part of the church that day. Probably not too long after that, he and the Apostle John are going to the temple to pray. And as they go in, they encounter a uh, man who is lame from birth. And each day, it says, he was put beside the temple gate so that he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. 
But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with, him, with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God when they realized that he was that lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate. They were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. And then Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, this, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as, a, as though we made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. This was very soon after the cross and resurrection. These were the same people, his contemporaries. This is the same Jesus you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know he, how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize what you did, what your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance, but God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now, the conclusion, repent of your sins and turn to God. Acknowledge what you did to Jesus. Acknowledge your sins. Repent. Turn from following your own ways. Turn to God. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away and then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And that's what I want for me. That's what I want for you. When we confess, when we repent, when we turn from our sins and turn to God, then those times of refreshment come. Repent, turn to God. Your sins wiped away. That's the forgiveness part. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That those blockages can be cleared out and you will have freedom and you will not be held back anymore by the sins of the past. There will be cleansing. And that starts when we say yes to Jesus. Uh, number one, it means that you are saying yes to him as your savior. This is getting that guilt taken care of, those sins wiped away. When Jesus went to the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins so that we might be forgiven. He died a death that he did not deserve in order that we might receive life that we could never earn. You're saying yes to Jesus as your forgiver, but also as your Lord. When we repent, what we're doing is we're turning from our own way and our 
own sins and we are instead turning to God to follow his lead, to allow him to be the Lord and master in our life. So if you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time, this is the first time you're committing your life to Jesus so that your sins may be forgiven, so that he can give you the life that he has planned for you, then we would encourage you to uh, raise your hand electronically using the church online platform if you see that there. And then please do click the next, click through the next one which says connect with us because we want to be able to connect with you and celebrate your decision and resource you for your new life in Christ. And if you are watching at some other time or some other platform, you can text yes to our church number 603-225-2550 and we will be able to do the same with you. Celebrate your decision and resource you in your new life with Christ. But others of us, we've done this, but it is time for us to say yes to his conviction and to his cleansing, to confess, to agree with God about what he is showing us so that we can experience the freedom that he has planned for us. So that is my challenge for you this week, is to pray that prayer. Uncover my sins. Uncover my sins. Lord, I'm going to allow you to shine the searchlight of your Holy Spirit into my life. I'm going to ask those hard questions of myself and ask for insights from others. And I'm going to open myself up to the conviction of your Holy Spirit. And I know that sometimes that can be unpleasant. I know that it can be humbling, even humiliating. I know that it is going to cause some maybe sleepless nights as a result. But I'll tell you what I came to when it comes to this issue. I am so thankful for the conviction of God's Holy Spirit in my life. Why? Because there are some people who can sin without it ever bothering their conscience. And I never want to get to the point where my heart is hardened so that I can sin and justify and excuse and overlook and hurt and not deal with it. I want to have a tender heart and a tender conscience before the Lord. I want the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to me and for my uh, ears to be able to hear his voice. And I need a tender heart. I need to have this regular uh, practice of confession and owning up to the way that I'm weak, to the ways that I fall short. And as I do, I maintain a tender heart before the Lord and I've become quick to repent. I become quick to confess, quick to ask for forgiveness, quick to own up to my part in the failings and brokenness of this world. And God's conviction is a gift. And so receive it as a gift. Pray this prayer. Pray, uncover my sins. Not so that you can feel guilty, but so that you can get free. Because confession and the repentance that comes from that leads to forgiveness and healing. The Lord is going to do this work. You see, when I went and had my physical heart checked out and they uncovered the blockages, really the only thing that I had to do was say, yes, I didn't do the surgery. I didn't replace the blood vessels. I didn't clear out the blockages. 
All I did was I went in and was able and willing to say yes to the doctor. And the doctors did the work. The doctors uncovered the blockages. The doctors went in and gave me the equivalent of a new heart because there was now blood flowing and the blockages had been removed. And now I have all of this great freedom. Before I had to hold back, before I couldn't participate, but now I loved after the surgery and after recovery, I could ride my bike again. And I remember how good it felt to just exert myself like crazy and wear myself out on the bike, to be able to run and play with my sons, to be able to go out on a Sunday afternoon and play ultimate Frisbee. All of the freedom that I had because not because I did anything, but because I was just willing to let the doctors do their work. And that's what the doctor, the spiritual doctor, the God of the universe, the, the great healer and great physician wants to do with your heart. All you have to do is say yes to acknowledge, I got a problem, I need you to deal with it. He comes through, forgives you of your past, and writes a new ending to your story. And who knows all the great and wonderful things that God has planned for you if you will just say yes to him and let the great physician do his work on your heart. To get you started, we're gonna do what we've done the last several weeks, and that is give you some discussion questions. So we're gonna throw this up on screen. Hopefully you can get a screenshot. You can also, as you'll see at the bottom of this screen, uh, send the word note to us, put it in the comments, text it to us, however you want to communicate it. And we will email these to you on a weekly basis along with the entire notes for the message as well as the growth guide for the week. But take a second with whomever you're with or whoever you can get with by a Zoom or on a telephone call or within your household and just talk through these questions. It'll be a way for you to uh, go deeper and make sure that you deal with this. Uh, we can get started. You just describe how a guilty conscience feels and impacts someone's life. So get started with that. Have that conversation. Get the growth guide. Pray this prayer. Ask these questions and let the great physician do his work in your life this week. Let me pray for you, and with the amen, we'll be done. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person who is listening to this, whether it's uh, when we're live together, online, uh, on demand later in the week, maybe days, weeks, or even years later, you are at work. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give every person the courage to pray this prayer, to the courage to invite you to search their heart, to show and see if there is any offensive way in us so that you might deal with it, so that you might cleanse us, forgive us of the past, purify us for the future, and give us the freedom that you purchased for us on the cross and want for us going forward. Give us that courage. I know that you will do that work if we come honestly before you. And Father, I pray that you would give us many great stories to tell of how you set people free and use them 
for your purposes, wrote a new end to their story because of what we've talked about today. Thank you for being the great physician. Thank you for being uh, so loving and kind and gentle. Thank you for challenging us because you want what's best for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.